All right, now let's try to go live on Facebook. Say you don't know. And of course, see, I'm trying to start on time, but now Zoom's asking me a million questions through Facebook before I get started. <laughs> see, Dr. Kevin, that's what happens when you deal with these celebrity types. Even Zoom's trying to get your autograph tonight. I love Apparently. it. Don't encourage him, Rain. <laughs> and we, we've, we've only won 26 wards right now. Only, so yes, of course. Let's beat Loving Martin so I can come out there we and did. strangle you. Yeah. Loving Martin only had 15. Yeah, 15. And we still, and we still, have, we still have like 60 festivals to go. Is this like my sore and you're rubbing salt in it? I mean, what are you doing here? I'm he bracing the beef. You are a kind, compassionate person that will be happy for the joy that he is experiencing in the fact that he screwed you over in this film production. The, and that's I, it, I, exactly. Hey, I, I sent her the email. I told her the dates. She said, I'm not coming, so. I never said that. You said, couldn't you push it off for another two months? And I'm like, no. Well, I might have said that. <laughs> you did. But you've got other on... stuff coming. Yes. What is going on? I don't even know. I don't think we're live on Facebook because Facebook's, I don't know what Facebook's doing right now. I don't see it. I just see recording. Yeah, it's, uh, it keeps asking me to connect to Facebook. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what is happening. Oh, boy. You know we're going to get some kind of commentary from somebody. <laughs> Because oh yeah. That 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 we watch Facebook Live. Oh, somebody's sending me a message. Are you guys on? <laughs> we're trying. Yeah, we're getting there. Keep your shorts on. I might have to. Uh, I don't know. And yet you were giving me crap about getting on tonight. Well, it's because what for almost a year now you've had issues of trying to get onto the show. Well, you've sent me the wrong link. I think so I could be the butt of your jokes. That's what I really think happens. Uh-huh. I'm staying out of this conversation. <laughs> I already graduated junior high school. I'm not going back. Oh, every day is a junior high school kind of day. We might have just have to record the show and put it up later because I can't get Facebook Live to start. Okay, I don't we can know do what that. What is happening? I can't even get Facebook to come up on my. Yeah. Maybe they think... shut it down for the Oscars. Oh, or maybe there's too much people on the on too many people are on Facebook about the Oscars, and that's why we can't get on. That could be it too. Well, we can record now, promote it, and put it on out there. All right, so that's what we're going Let's to do. do. So let me right. start the show. Yeah, I'm not getting on Facebook on my laptop. Yeah, so, all right. Anyway, so let me see. Something went wrong. Stories couldn't load, but try again. <sighs> Oh! The story you are about to see is true. 
the names have been changed to protect the innocent. This is Laughing, Loving, and Alive. I work here. I am a co-host. My name is Joe Friday. And we want just the facts, ma'am. I love it. Who's there? Who else is here? Oh, welcome. I am Julia Child. And tonight you're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So my only question is, as I guess that makes me, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be Jack Webb. He was the narrator's voice. That's the one you heard. But my question is, are we gonna have copyright issues? Are we gonna have what? Copyright issues? No. Oh, for what? Can you guys see me? Their music. Uh, hold on. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's a great shot. I'm not getting any shot. I'm having a hard time. There we go. Why? Why? why what's going on here? I got. Something. I don't know. Okay, so let's try this again. Hello. And your name is Julia Childs, and your name is Joe Friday, and I'm Thursday. Don't give a shit. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know who I am. I'm Jack Webb, the announcer. I guess that's what we decided, right? There we go. Yeah. I like it. So, Julia. <laughs> oh, yes. Mama. Oh, I'm so excited. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Can you guys see me? No, they can't. We can see a beautiful, a handsome we, shot of you. We can hear you. Are we bringing him on early? No, we'll 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 chit chat a little bit, Chef, and then we're going to bring you on with some magical intro from one of us. And by one of us, I mean either me or Doctor Kevin. Okay. So don't go anywhere. Yep, yep, yep. This is the part where we we talk about you before we bring you on. <laughs> Some people, they just don't listen. Uh, that's it. what we do. That's what we do. I'm well, going to start tonight. Dr. Kevin, how are you? What's been going on? What's the best thing that's happened to you since we last saw you? I don't know. Or Jack Webb or whoever you are down there. So, well, I, um, I have a couple of uh, interesting things going on. Um, I continue to move forward with getting my Dr. My Dr. Kevin app out, which we'll see later this year. So that's moving forward. Like to mention that and keep that in the conversational loops. Um, I also have, oh, yo, and this is Freya. She doesn't visit as often as Morgana. Um, and on I think it's May 13th. I'm not sure. It's the second Thursday in May. I have Cody is going to be on the Dr. Kevin show. Really? Oh, that's exciting. You'll love that. Yeah. So Cody is going to be on the Dr. Kevin show. And then there's somebody else who's coming on the Dr. Kevin show. I wonder who that is. 
I couldn't even imagine. I don't know. But um, she's going to be on there as well, Miss Rain Thomas. Woo! So you're going to be on there. Uh, and I'm going to do a very interesting show with Joe James. I love it. I love it. I just love that guy. He's he's awesome. I'm glad. I, I'm glad we can all like get together and do stuff. I love it. He said to say hi to both of you. I talked to him on Saturday, and this is okay. what we're doing on the Dr. Kevin show for him is he is going to choose one song per segment. We're going to play the song, and then he and then he's going to talk about the story behind the song, how he came to write it. What does it mean to him? Has it changed? So the first segment, he's going to do one of his older songs. The second segment, he's going to do one of his current songs. And the third segment, he is going to be playing a little teaser from his song that he's releasing in July. will be the first place airing it on the Dr. Kevin show. That is going to be incredible. Is that going to be um, a video? Or is that just audio? Audio. Dr. Kevin show is just audio. Okay, I just thought maybe you did something special for him. I just have to make sure that I'm not getting the bottom rung of the ladder like some other people put me on. No, baby. I just, I just, I just put the ladder out. Where you step is up to you. <laughs> just step way up. over deep brain. And if you ain't got boots on, it's going to be up to your chin. It's um, already up there. So anyway, so that's what's up. I'm, you know, okay. just, just. Traveling right along, working on my master tarot course and creating my new tarot deck and just, you know, 5,000 creative projects as well as clients and all of that. So how are you, uh, Joe Friday? What are you up to now? You've, 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 what, you've won what, how many awards uh, on Kings, Kings Do Queens? Uh, we've won 26 awards so far. Um, I've been in two local papers. Um, I have a um, radio show called Outcasts that reached out to me. They want us to. They want to do two shows, two full shows on us. Um, they want me and um, my cinematographer and writer, who are also producers on the show, to do one show, and then they want to do another show with with me and the cast. Um, so that'll be coming up sometime this year. Good. Well, you know, at some point we should get you on the Dr. Kevin show to, to talk about it. I'll probably put you on a thoughtful Thursday so Lori can ask a lot of the questions since I'm intimately involved with the project, so to speak. Um, yep. That's good. That, that's what I'm going to have Joe on is when Lori's co-host, the week Lori co-hosts with me so she can ask because I've already interviewed him once. So but that's <laughs> good. Congratulations. I'm very proud of you. And it's nice. Me too. Thank you. It's nice that you're in the newspapers for a change and it's not a, a wanted ad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody Thank you, Dr. Kevin. When we when we somebody wrote, you know, said, Do I know you? And I was like, Well, I was in the paper last week and we went out for this walk. And then yeah, Andy's like, Yeah, he's like, not the not not the uh, the police blotter. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, what do you do without your friends, right? <laughs> right. You got to have friends. La, 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 la. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm proud of you too. That's a, that's a definitely steps 
in a great direction. And I can't wait until we see you accepting a bunch of Oscars with me. I'm putting that out there. I just want you to know. And what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> well, you're, you're intimately engaged in all of that anyway, so I just naturally assumed you'd be there. Ah, okay. Are you kidding? He wins an Oscar. He'll go, Dr. Kevin who? No, he won't, because I'm still from the Bronx. He will recognize both of us. I'm into public shaming. <laughs> Remember that, Elma. <laughs> right. Miss Rain. Yes. Illuminate us. Illuminate. Well, it's been wonderful. The wines have been flying off the shelf. And so I'd like to thank everyone who has been buying them and sending them to friends on behalf of survivors and survivors who have passed and um, their families. So this will be great because, you know, I'm gonna, I start gearing up for October now so I can send people things from different people. And they're always anonymous. I never put any names on there. So they, some of these people I've never met, I don't know them someone sends me the name and I just ship a gift to them on behalf of wonderful people like you and Elmer and all the other people. And then the lip glosses, I have somebody who's asking me about how long would it take if I ordered 5,000? I'm like, okay, well, that's a whole different level of ordering. So uh, we're working through that with this person. And uh, everything else, I, I think I'm doing pretty darn good. I feel good. I am on a journey to some other things that I can't talk about just yet. But I'm looking forward to coming out to the East Coast later this year because I'm sure somebody is doing something and I have to be there. Hint, hint. I'm Shameless begging again. I'm, I'm actually going to be on the West Coast. In Arizona, right? Yeah, I'm going. Yep. In June. But you're only here for like a couple a of weeks. Coastline. I haven't been there recently. It's got a coastline now. Yep. Then you remember California's gone. <laughs> oh boy. Well, so we just dropped 20% of the people who were watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much for, uh, yeah. Go ahead. So yes. Well, you, and uh, the next project rain, if, if, if the, the next narrative project that we're working on, the first episode is actually not going to be filmed on the East Coast. It's probably going to be filmed in Hawaii. Oh, well, my bag is already packed. And by packed, <laughs> I mean empty and I'll buy what I need when I get there. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. But that's for 2022. Am I correct? Well, it depends on how fast we can get the funds in. Okay. I also I also have a, a documentary, a drag documentary here in Maine that we're that we're also working on. So there's a few things in the pipeline, and it just depends on which ones take off first. Got it, got it. I still want to be a drag queen. I mean, I guess can you be a drag queen as a female? I think I asked this before, and I don't remember. It's drag. Dra it's drag king. You're a drag king. So I'd have to be a drag king. So I'd have to be a guy. Yeah. Like an over the top guy, right? Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah. I got it. You haven't seen Elmer's movie. <laughs> I, I, she, I've seen it, but still, it. I'm wondering, I want to see what he has in store for me. Because sometimes, you know, you assume, and then the person's like, oh, no, no, this is what I saw you doing. Okay. So, so are we going to bring on this handsome dude that's down there at the bottom? Do you want me to intro him or you want to intro him? No, no, Julia. 
This is a fellow chef. You should intro him. And you're all oh, this is so exciting. Oh, I can't wait for our next guest. I'm going to get ready. Oh, <laughs> I have today, we have a special guest that I just absolutely love because you all know how much I love cooking in my kitchen. So this young man, he's so passionate about food. I couldn't wait to have him on the show. I talked to him. He's so inspiring. He just helps everyone. He's a private chef too. And I think he's all over the world. He says he's in Long Island, but I don't believe him. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to just go on and on. Let's bring this talented guy. He needs an introduction. Oh, chef! Welcome! Can you see? Yes, we can see we you. See in you. Here. you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. You have, a, you have a little bit of dinner in your beard still. Can you get what? it? In <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall for that. <laughs> no, I... I never know. I have a, I had steak for dinner. I was like, maybe there might be a piece of steak in there. <laughs> so how did? Well, you I'm ready. How, how did you cook the steak for dinner? And where was my invitation? I would have come. You would have. It was. I'm not, that, I'm not that far away for a good New York strip. Huh? I made a New York strip for dinner. New York strip. Only the best. That's that sounds like a profession that I just let pass me by. I was going to say, with the Me Too, with the Me Too going on, you make people strip for your cooking. <laughs> All of New York, I think people would, you know, you, you got to, yeah. you know, strip, and then you can eat. But no one wants to eat naked, though, really. No one wants to um, cook naked, especially with gas. You don't want to cook naked, and you don't want to eat naked. Maybe, I could say this. Maybe. Yeah, we really went into it right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, have you been to nude resorts? Because, you know, everybody there eats naked and cooks naked. The chef actually grills outside naked, which I think is a little dangerous, but I'm not the chef, so. The chef grills outside naked. Yes, he'll have on like a little apron, like a chef's apron sometime, but um, may or may not. I think it's dangerous, but, you know, I've like I said, I've, I haven't done that part, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's dangerous, but you know, it's you could add an extra little flavor to the food. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's not as sanitary. I, I don't know. If you're at a nude resort, does it even matter? Well, you know, there's a separation between food and you know state, you know. Well, you know, so the question is, how would you prepare rump roast? Like if he turns around and bends over. <laughs> but he never has because I've never seen that. <laughs> Rump roast would be, you know, uh, low and slow. <laughs> That's how I like it. Uh, oh, here's a whole new movie getting ready I mean, to happen. We, I mean, we've really got into it right away. Hey. I just I hope that the innocents have left the room, that your I mean, wife and went out. I think they're too young for this conversation. I mean, yeah, it's 1019 in New York. I think all the kitties are asleep by now, but wow, we really <laughs> went to it right away. So, so what got you into cooking, Chef Anthony? What got me into cooking? So I think it's, I think uh, curiosity got me into cooking. Uh, 
it's it's really about I think people, you know, sort of find things that they're interested in, whether it be writing or airplanes or art. And if you're really passionate about it, uh, you you start to explore all parts of it. And I think, you know, as it is with all areas of things that we do, you know, there's so many, you know, there's so many things that you just continue to learn. And uh, for me, it was, you know, getting a cookbook, trying a couple of recipes, and then just sort of expanding from there. Um, and when I did that, I just became this like amazing home cook, you know, for a couple of months, I just started buying things and reading cookbooks and just immersing myself in it. And then at that point, I realized, you know, this was something that I uh, aspired to do something I wanted to do. So I went to, to cooking school. Now, so how old were you when you got that first cookbook? Like, what are you talking? Were you still living with your parents? Were you out on your own? No, no, no. I was out on my own at that point. Um, you know, I had, um, you know, I was about 25, 26. And I just said, you know what? Um, it was really out of fun, to be honest with you. You know, you're just sort of trying a recipe that you so you on the Food Network or in a magazine. And I was amazed by just following a recipe. Um, and I'm a very visual person. So I would always get recipes that had a picture. <laughs> so what, what were you doing for a career <laughs> before you decided that you wanted to take on food? Well, um, I started as, I wanted to be a writer, to be honest with you. Um, I wanted to be a screenwriter, a film, a movie writer. Um, I was interested in film and I was interested in the visual arts. That's why my dog's name is Stanley Kubrick because um, he's one of my favorite film directors. So I wanted to be a filmmaker is basically, I wanted to be a writer, a filmmaker and um, uh, I pursued it intensely and uh, it just didn't work out for me but then you fell in love with food yeah i think um i just fell in love with the the i think the first thing that struck me as a, a, a when i started following cooks and chefs was the discipline that went into it the respect that was achieved after you know earning a certain level in cooking. Um, I was drawn to that. Um, I, I heard the part about the film writer whole thing. I just want you to know, Chef, if you think you're getting my drag king queen role, it's not gonna happen. I know that's what you were doing. <laughs> I think I'm paranoid. You know, you know, give me, you know, give me a chance. Let me lay it out. Let me do what I, let me show what I can do. <laughs> Laying it out is the part that would get you the role. That's what I don't want to happen on here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> there has always been a, a, a strong love affair between theater, films, and food. And some, and uh, everything, and, and even writing. I mean, you know, food is such a basic yet 
sensual, vibrant part of certain cultures and realities and things like this. And you have everything from the murder mystery chefs that do the recipe in every book with the murder mystery to films, you know, that take food and make it one of the characters. Do you ever see yourself combining all your different loves into a single production of some kind? I, you know, I think to be successful, to some extent, you have to do that. Um, I think, you know, if you were to name a restaurant Hemingway, you would know it's got a certain look. It has a certain feel to it, a certain appeal to it. Um, there's a theme running through it. So uh, I think all chefs, to some extent, are doing that. It, it, at least the, the successful ones. Um, because to reach a certain level in terms of what you're... I guess as a chef, you're always looking for your story. And you'll find a lot of chefs say, my mom cooked this, or my grandmother cooked this, or my uncle that you know adopted me, I, you know, we cook this. It's always really tied to your nationality and to your to, to whatever it is your center is. Um, and you're and you're always looking for a, a historical reference to make it understandable amongst all, if that makes any sense. Well, I saw the reference to one of your recipes as being Puerto Rican shrimp. Now, did you relate more to the Puerto Rican or being a shrimp? More than, more Puerto Rican. Okay. I was just checking. I mean, I, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I didn't know if you had something against Cuban shrimp, if you didn't think they were as good or... It's funny, you know, I, you know, there is a very close... Um, relationship between Cuban cooking and Puerto Rican cooking, very similar. Um, uh, we both have different uh, nuances to our cooking, but there's there's a lot of history between Cuba and Puerto Rico. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, culinarily, historically, there's a brethren there, you know, there's a connection there that combines our foods. Um, so we're very alike. I, I don't know if, if Rain even knows this, but my, my first life out of high school and actually how I got into filmmaking was, um, was culinary arts. I was out um, in culinary school in San Francisco nice. uh, when, I, when I got to work on Flubber with Robin Williams doing craft services. Um, and my boss was named Cajun because uh, he's from Louisiana. So he did a lot of um, you know, Cajun uh, snacks and, and stuff on that. But um, uh, but it just, it's just interesting that, you know, you started out in writing and ended up in cooking and I started out in cooking and ended up in filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. It's like total opposites. Right. Well, I, mean, I, I think that they, the, the two art forms sort of, I, I think art, all art connects in some extent, you know, if you're a painter, you know, to some extent you're a photographer, photographers are into painting, paint, you know, cinematographers are into photography, writers are into novelists, novel, you know, th there's always that combination. Um, I certainly think, you know, if you're a visual person, cooking connects with you in a lot of ways. Definitely. I, 
I'm sorry, Dr. Kevin. I think I'm disappointed that you didn't ask him how we met. I'm getting there. Okay, I'm just, I was like, uh, that's because he usually just gets right to it. I'm just going to let you do your thing. I, I did get right to it. I just came in a different doorway. <laughs> pay attention. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so um, you had made a comment before we went on the air about you being such a foodie and that there was something you were going to share. And then we told you, no, 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 wait, share it on air. So do you remember what it was that you wanted to share with us about you being such a foodie? It was because Rain had mentioned Chef Angelo and I, um, I've been watching Top Chef from episode one because you know when you're passionate about what you do, you go to work, you cook, you write recipes, you, you know, learn, you teach, you know, all those different things. And when I come home, I, I'll take a shower, I'll relax, I'll have a glass of wine, a couple of glasses of wine, um, dinner, and I'll start looking at cookbooks or looking at cooking magazines. It, 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 it never stops for me, but it's never a job, you know, it's never work. It's mm -hmm. just something that uh, inspires me and energizes me. So, um, watching Top Chef from episode one to I think it's 16 episodes. Um, I was always, you know, really struck by Chef Angel. You know, I always tell my wife when we're watching and I'm like, that chef's really, you could just tell he's talented. He's got something that others don't. And um, Rain had always mentioned Chef Angelo and I said, you know, he's a true talent. You know, he stands above um, other chefs because just of his way, you could just tell the way he approaches food. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you had mentioned Angelo and I had just, I think we just finished watching the season that he was on. Um, so that's why I brought that up. Ah. I'm glad he's a great, he's a great guy. His passion for helping others, for food, for always doing the right thing and always going above and beyond. And he has this new restaurant in um, California that I'm trying to get out there to try. And, you know, he's growing everything in the back and then bringing it to the table. And, yeah. you know, if, if you've ever been to his restaurant, he goes above and beyond. I mean, he did this breast cancer fundraiser for us at his restaurant in New York. And it was nothing short of exceptional. And he still thought, how could I make it better? How can I make the next thing better? And just as a friend, you know, calling me when I was going through, you know, treatment and he just called me, he's like, are you okay? Do you need me to do anything? I'm like, you're a thousand miles away. He's like, I don't care. Do you need me to mail you something? Or so yeah. you're right. You're dead on. It's, I believe he's so great at it because like you, you all bring your whole life into it. Your passion isn't just food. Your passion is helping others. Your passion is listening. Your passion is just touching the world. So I will make sure that Angelo sees this for sure. But um, yeah, that's really special. That's why I called you that day because you two have that same kind of thing. And I love it. I think one of the things that makes a great chef is a, a part of that what makes a great chef a great chef is 
that desire to nurture and food is their, mm -hmm. is their coin, is their currency to mm -hmm. nurture. But it's, I mean, we're all brought up to associate food with love. You know, it's a way yeah. to love somebody is to, to go out of the way and to cook for them and to do things for them. For some people, that is their love language is food. Mm -hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, and I, I always say when people, I'm like, no one, no one leaves my house hungry. No one ever comes into my house that doesn't get fed. There's always food in the refrigerator and there's always coffee on the stove. <laughs> and, you know, and that's always been my, my motto is, you know, I, I feed people, that's what I do. And, you know, so I think that, that we sometimes get this image of sometimes the TV chefs as if they're, as if they're like mean bullies and stuff like this. And I'm like, you can't be a good chef if there isn't some nurturing in your heart mm -hmm. and a desire to push mm -hmm. people forward. So before rain, bust, and artery, would you like to tell us how you met the young lady? Rain, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to you. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I'm gonna let you go. You're not even gonna try? You're not even gonna humor him no. or me? No, I I I just want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> uh, you know what, Dr. Kevin, Elmer, they already know this. I I'm a people collector. They know that. You so know Yes, sure. <laughs> I'm a people collector. I don't collect any old body. I watch people, you know, I come from a place where to me, a person has to touch me in here by their actions or by their words, because, you know, people can say anything on social media. It's not what they say. It's what they do. And, you know, I'll just run through. And I started watching you a while ago. And um, I was like, wow, I was like, that guy is really talented and he's fun. And I was like, oh, yummy, what's that? And then I started following you, or I think they call it cyber stalking, probably, but I started <laughs> following anyway. And the day I, you were, I think you had made, um, I don't know if it was sashimi or if you did like, I can't remember what it was, some, I can't remember what it was. I just remember seeing your wrist and it had the tattoo Faith on there. And I had on a shirt that said Faith that day because you know if if you have faith then you don't have to worry right and I said that reminds me so much of of chef Angelo I was like I'm gonna call that guy and so here we are yes that, that, <laughs> I that, collected a chef you know and and I'm so the fact that you say you're a people collector you know which means that to some extent you're drawn to like-minded people. And, you know, when we had that mm -hmm. first conversation on the phone, um, you know, I finished the conversation with you and I was like, I felt good. You know, I felt so happy. I felt good that, you know, to talk to you. It was early in the morning. I forget what day it was. It was like a Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. You know, kind of like going through my day and going through, you know, the busyness of being, um, working in New York and going through the pandemic and all that stuff. And I just felt so good about, you know, talking to you, you know, and even if whatever the case, we didn't, you know, do this or, you know, I felt I had connected with somebody, you know, cause I thought you were so, you know, we talked about generosity. We talked about quite a few things and yeah, 
Um, I think the important thing is, um, as a chef, you're, yes, you, you charge to nourish someone. And there's so many levels of nourishment, you know, like it's however you want to look at it, right? It's objective. If somebody says, I want a good mac and cheese, right? Mm. You put all the amazing cheeses in it. Um, they may not like it. They they have a different view of what mac and cheese is. So there's just some communication there. Say, okay. What is it that you like in your mac and cheese? Well, I just like American cheese, elbow macaroni, and a little butter and salt. As a chef, it's my it, it's my job now to take that, interpret it, and suit the cut, you know, suit the, the person that's eating it to exactly the way they want to eat it. Um, and that to me is generosity. That is beyond what we do. Um, but we could talk about cooking and, and my, you know, my philosophy about that and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's being generous. If you're not a generous person, there's no way on earth to me, you can be a good job. It's just not, it's not possible. Your story reminded me of a, um, an event that happened at the Boston Museum of Science before the pandemic. Okay. And we were down there eating at the cafeteria and my friend ordered pasta with just some butter. And literally it was a plate of pasta with a slab of butter stuck. Right Yum. <laughs> it was like, oh, they, was, they took it literally. They just, just, you know, slapped the butter right on top. They didn't even mix it in or anything like that. Just had a slab oh. of butter sitting on top. Well, I think to some extent it's like, that's not something we do. This is something that somebody asked for. And we're going to do some, we're only, we're so stuck on what exactly we do. So for me, if somebody asked that, I would say, okay, perfect. This is the challenge. I'm going to get the best butter, you know, a little bit of garlic, salt, pepper. Obviously, this is someone that doesn't want anything too fancy. Mm -hmm. They just want it delicious. They want it. They want it made, it with, made with love. That's a big opportunity for a chef. It's interesting. I have to share. Um, right after I had had uh, an issue, a health issue, which left me unable to eat gluten, okay. uh, I went on a cruise ship. And before I booked the cruise ship, I said, I am gluten free. And, right. you know, and this, this sort of stuff. And so I'm sorry. Nope, it wasn't but the gluten-free. It was before that. I went on, I went on this and I was I was eating in a special lifestyle, but I let them know and they said it wouldn't be a problem. And um when they made my first two meals, because it wasn't the gluten-free, it was back when I was vegan. And they had they basically gave me for my first like two nights that I was in the cruise ship, they just gave me pasta with sauce. Everybody else got these elaborate things. And I said, right. I'm paying like everybody else is paying. Right. And you said, this is not an issue and this is not how I expect to be treated. And I talked to the guy that was running the floor and he said, and, and it turned out that he was a trained, 
he had trained and had worked in kitchens and had experience. And he literally said to me, he goes, I will personally work with the chef and create your meal from then on in. And he did. And every night I'd get a fabulous meal and they'd serve my meal and everybody else at the table would go, is there any of that left over? Can right. we get one of those? Can we get to that? But, <laughs> but you know, I had, I, after two days of, of the experience, but also because I'm a very friendly guy, I had, you know, talked to this guy and he was in charge of our area. We chatted about a lot of things. And I felt like I had made some kind of connection with him as a person. And the same, you know, and now I am, now I am forced to be gluten-free and I had the same thing happen. And, and the same experience of if I talk to the right person, they take it as a challenge to give you something of equal or better quality than what mm -hmm. you were going to get. And that's when you know you're in the right place. But the people that plop the pasta and the stick of butter aren't really interested in food or feeding you. They're interested in a paycheck. And, I, and, you know, I totally agree with that. You know, I think um, if you go to a steakhouse and you're gluten-free or it, for me, the great chefs will say, you know, we're going to accommodate you based on, oh, there we go. You know, uh, I love it. Two black women on one show. <laughs> <laughs> and at the Oscars. Go ahead. And at the Oscars. I think, uh, you know, it, 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 the people that are gluten-free and, and, you know, it doesn't even matter. I mean, you know, I don't like onions. I don't like seafood. Mm -hmm. I don't like butter. You know, whatever the case may be, a chef should be able to adjust and pivot and create something special. That's exactly what it should be. What is your ultimate food fantasy to do as a chef? Is there a place or a kind of food or even a kind of person or a person that's out there that you would love to be able to cook for? What is he wants to cook for the Oscars. Um, me, me, me. <laughs> I slides rain. I, I would love, I would love to cook for rain. Um, I love to cook. Please, I don't think you could stay up that long. I could eat you out of house and home. I, I think I could. I think I could make you give up. I really do. <laughs> Although a good, you know, a good couple of courses, you know, in terms of opener or starter, you know, when I went to, when I went to, when I was in France, you know, you would eat all these courses and you would feel fulfilled. You wouldn't be like. Mm -hmm. God, I'm dying. I can't eat anymore. I dessert. You know, you want dessert. You know, there's there's a delicate balance to what you put, you know, into your body, and 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 it's a chef's job also um, to make sure that you're putting the right portion at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's a key part of it. But um, no, I would love to cook for him. Okay. See. I'm on my way. What's the address? Yeah, I would love to cook for rain. <laughs> so one of the one of my most fondest memories with my father, Papa and I, as when I became adults, was we had a couple of different restaurants, and they'd see us coming in the door, and they would just know we were going to be there for four hours. Yeah, and it was one round rest, <laughs> one wine, another round. Don't rush us. I'd send food back if they tried to hurry us through it until they got. 
the fact. And, you know, and God love Papa, he'd double the tip for the waiter. I'm sure we sat here through two seatings and he would double the tip for the waiter. But it's like, it was truly an experience. And I just don't see people doing that. I mean, it was an experience of good conversation and good wine and good food and done in that four courses and stuff like this. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It is that kind of an experience that I will, I will look at as one of the best experiences in my life. Some of my best experiences were done in a well-timed, non-pressured eating situation. But I'd still like to hear some, some other than rain fantasy that you would have of a place you would like to cook, uh, a person you'd like to cook with, something that you've never had a chance to try and cook that you'd like to cook. Now you can say rain for that if you want to try to cook rain and you, you know, I mean, there are still some places. He's in deep thought. I can, I can cook anything, so, you know. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a street to cannibalism. <laughs> I'm not sure where this is going. Well, Wait, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter was Hector, Hannibal Lecter was really good with the meals he made from people. I, I know, and he too liked dark meat, so I really am going to have to watch. Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter was an excellent chef. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm not even sure where I this is. Going. Can I get an answer on the question now? No, absolutely. You know, I think uh, for me, um, obviously, I think you know most chefs, all chefs want to express the way that they cook and and, and the only and the only palette for that or the only canvas for that is if, is your own restaurant um so for me it would be the ultimate dream would be cooking exactly what my food is you know that's explaining my story my history my family my evolution as a chef um in a restaurant that's serving food the way I would want to be served. Um, so that would be any one of you coming into my restaurant, having any requests or bringing your family, friends, understanding what it is you want to celebrate. If you're just having dinner, if you're just, if you're celebrating a birthday, if you're, there, there's a, you know, there is a, bigger picture to cooking in a restaurant than just the cooking. Now cooking should be deliberate and it should be delicious and it should be served hot and creatively. Um, but at the end of the day, you're in there, you know, asking for drinks, um, asking to be served promptly or in a, in a certain time frame. Um, and being treated a certain way. Um, and, and those all come into play. So for me, the ultimate dream would be, uh, you know, having my own restaurant, serving the food that, it, you know, explains who I am um, in an environment that treats the customer, the, the diner in, in an exceptional way. So um, I, uh, 
you know, my history, I've been, I've been in culinary arts, not just for the craft services for the film, but I was, um, I've done a pastry chef as, um, at the Western St. Francis in San Francisco. I've done uh, French restaurants and uh, little diners and cafes and pizza joints. Um, sometimes, you know, and they're all very different and sometimes, you know, it's not very stressful. Um, uh, I think you have, I've seen two, two ends of the spectrum and, and for me that the one end of the spectrum is what drove me away. But, um, on, on the good ends uh, at this diner, this little uh, diner here in Maine, with uh, me and the chef were working on um, on a Sunday doing the brunch. It was it was like a dance. It was like because the two of us in this very small space, and it was like in the way you moved around each other, or the way even you would plate something that you knew that they were looking for. And and when it flowed really well, and, and it, you know it was it felt choreographed, which it wasn't because it was just us cooking. You know that that's you know enjoyable and fun to get it out. But on the other other end of the spectrum is when you know it's really really stressful, <laughs> and it's very, you know you got you don't have the support that you need and stuff. And and you know and ultimately, um, I was working at a very stressful job, and I walked out of the restaurant and looked across the uh, street at McDonald's and they were paying starting wages higher than I was getting. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, so, I should go work for McDonald's. <laughs> right. Right. So, so, I mean, have you experienced that end of it and how, if you have, how do you, how do you cope with um, being in the, in because cooking can be, you know, in the kitchen can be stressful. I think the only way that that scenario could work for any human being is that if you're passionate about what you want to do, if, if that, you know, in your heart of, you know, heart of hearts, I want to cook, I want to learn, I want to be better. You understand that there's a starting point and that starting point is, you know, being, you know, paid less than <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> you know, I mean, Everyone starts somewhere. So you understand that I'm going to start somewhere because there's this knowledge that I have to, to attain through the journey. So for me, it's, for me it, personally, it was exciting to know I ha there's, I'm at a starting point. I can accelerate that starting point just as much as, you know, I can accelerate that. And it's like, I want to know more. I want to learn more. The more I put into it, the more I learn. Um, and the better you become and you create your own voice. Um, it's really about passion, you know, it really is. I yeah, mean, I think, I think if you want to be an actor, you want to be a writer, you want to be a director, you want to be a plumber. I don't know where plumber came from. <laughs> uh, on this show, I know exactly where it came from. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you're going to have to exert some energy towards becoming better. Yeah. Um, and I think for cooking, the, you know, the uh, adrenaline comes from going through those tough nights and making it through. I, I, when you mentioned, you know, that after, you know, you are working in the kitchen for, you know, 10 hours or 12 hours and you come home and, you know, get your relaxation, have your dinner and your wine, you go start looking at cookbooks. Um, right. I, I was dating a guy at the time when I was working at um, a pizza joint and it was, you know, it's really stressful. And at one point he mentioned to me, you know, he's like, you never cooked for me. And it's like, I work, I cook 40 hours a week. You know, I don't want to come home and have to do, for me, it was a job. 
you know, I, I, I do like cook, cooking. I, and I realized that I prefer to do small intimate dinners. I love that. That's where my passion is. If someone wants to come over and I'll go, you know, hog heaven and, and, you know, create a fine dining meal for a small group of people. Cause it's not a job, you know, when it was me being paid, it was, it wasn't as fun. Um, but on the flip side, when I was working on flubber, um, you know, I worked no less than 80 hours a week. One week I hit over a hundred hours. And like you said, it didn't feel like a job. I mean, as a matter of fact, I went and hung out on the set on weekends when no one else was there because again, it was my passion and my love. So yeah, I think that's definitely important, especially in the culinary business that if it's not your passion, it's, and it's a job, it's, it can be, it can burn you out pretty quickly. I mean, perfect example is a couple of weeks ago, I had got it in my head that I wanted to, um, I'm a pretty good butcher. But I was like, you know what, let me find a local butcher not far from me and dedicate, you know, a day to just sort of like reintroducing myself to butchering. Um, you know, don't pay me anything. I'm just going to come there and work, be an intern, right? And even interns are paid nowadays. Um, just to learn because you just want to be bet. You're so into it. You want to be um, the best that you possibly can be. And um, cooking pushes you to that. I, it's funny because there's, there's, there's an idea that I call the chef inspired life. And it's a life of, in order to be a really good chef, you need to be organized, you need to make lists, you need to approach, there's, there's a strategy in how you approach things. And, you know, I was uh, this weekend, we were painting our, our boys' rooms and I'm like, okay, we got to get everything off the walls. We got to organize. We got to put everything in the walls, cover, put, put drop cloths over, plaster. You know, there's a way you approach it, just like you approach a recipe. Um, and that, I guess my passions, my career sort of, you know, um, informed the way I live my life. If that makes any sense. Well, part of part of that, I suspect, is there are aspects of your personality that you came with that lined up with the things and your passions for you to be able to do what you do, and they're gonna and they're gonna show up because they're just integral parts of who you are. That right. you know, you don't suddenly find your passion and become from in an inability to organize, to be the most organized person on the world because you found your passion. Right. Still disorganized, you're just disorganized within your passion. And sometimes some passions thrive better with a disorganized person. Right. <laughs> you know? It, That's right, 100%. Depends on who they are. Mm -hmm. So how old are your boys? Um, 13 and 16. And are they picky eaters? Do they like dad's cooking? So <laughs> this is the craziest thing about everything. All of this is yes, they're picky as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, eat very limited <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> they don't eat dad's cooking. No. Do wow. They eat, do they eat mom's cooking? They do. But mom's cooking menu is very highly influenced by their whims and their likes and their tastes. 
That's not true. I eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> when? when? Oh, a happy listener. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my let me, son. Let me go on this podcast. No, he wants to go now. Hey, son. <laughs> you can shake your head and say hello. You make, make your father look like a liar. We love it. I'm not, re- I'm not ready for this. <laughs> sure you are. You, you got, hey, how you doing? Welcome. Um, <laughs> Who is this? You jumped on in a good time. You really, the comment came perfect. <laughs> I heard this. And I was like, come on, I, I eat your food. When is the last time you ate my food? And what was it that you ate? I can't um, even remember. Um, <laughs> me. <laughs> You're usually really busy. Okay, there it is. <laughs> That's a good one. Good for you. Get out of that. Right. <laughs> so now it's my fault. <laughs> I'm not in this. You said you cook for me. I'm not on anybody's side. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I can't remember what I like that you cooked for me, but you're always busy. Now. You made <laughs> you made that um Go ahead. I want to hear him. What did he make? Go ahead, man. You made a steak. You had a steak today. I, I like that. I made steak today and he liked it. There you go. What's his name again? I'm Matthew. Mackie? Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. Sorry. So Matthew, do you think that you'll ever like work in this this restaurant someday with your dad? Or are you drawn to food or um I like food, but uh I'm only 14, so you said, <laughs> you said Matthew knows how to get out of the I'm setup. Now I like that. I'm only 14, so you know, time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> He doesn't I like, like it. He doesn't like cooking. <laughs> um, I like cooking. I like making like the plate look good, like that. Okay. I'm good at like designing stuff like that. Or at least I like to say I am. <laughs> I like it, Matthew. Don't let them set you up. Don't let them set you up on this show. It's another. Do you really believe this story that he's telling you? <laughs> Don't let him set you up. Matthew, are you lying to me? You're telling me you're lying about what? All this stuff about his, my food that he likes. Look at this guy. I mean, really, does he look like he's eating my food? (laughs) (laughs) So, Matthew, what's it like when your dad throws you under the bus and backs back up and and, then goes in reverse (laughs) and runs you over again? (laughs) This is what happens. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. No. Oh boy, Jeff, that's hilarious! Next show is going to be on the power of positive parenting. Hey, <laughs> you might have to squeeze that in for sure <laughs> through food. <laughs> you like, know, I I don't know what to say about that, but I like that that young man. He's he's he, you know he likes to jump in front of the camera, but he doesn't eat dad's food. <laughs> I do sometimes. So I, I, I have the hardest question of the night for you. Yeah. Now that you spent almost an hour with us, describe us as a food. Describe you as each person as a food. Okay. Okay. So you are 
you you have a very distinct voice. There's a texture to it. So I'm going to describe you as sort of like a hickama salad. Mm. On a hot day. <laughs> we'll put some grapefruit, some lemon, some lime, some zest. But there's texture to it. Nice. Just because of the way your voice is, it has texture to it. Okay. If I could describe it through food. <laughs> well, you better hurry up because he's going to make you countdown in a couple of minutes. So rain is next. Go ahead. Rain is next. Okay, rain. Wow. Rain is amazing. So rain would be this comforting soup. Rain, I think I'm going to say for me, because you're so kind and you're so generous and you're so, I, I guess, comfort, yeah, the word is comforting when I was talking to you. You just were easy to talk to. So I'm going to call, I'm going to say you're a French, can, instead of ingredient, I'm going to give you a recipe. You're a French onion soup. I will be expecting that when I get there tomorrow morning for breakfast. <laughs> for breakfast. Just saying. <laughs> French yes. onion soup for breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, who cares? <laughs> we could figure that out. <laughs> Put a poached egg on top. Yes. Exactly. Maybe some bacon. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm in. Okay. Okay. And Dr. Kevin? Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say. sort of sharp to the point type dish. So it would have to be some, uh, I, I would say flounder, butter, caper, lemons, fresh, clean, to the point, serious. Is that? Is that I, was, I, was, I was hoping for something a little spicier, I guess. I, I <laughs> Is that work, Doc? Huh? Is that work, Doc? We can, you know what? We could do butter, lemon, capers with red pepper flakes. Oh, yummy. I'll go. take that too on top of my French soup. I think <laughs> I'll take all the courses. <laughs> I, I've got oh. pepper flakes to my personality. I know it's hard. <laughs> I'm going to sprinkle a couple of pepper flakes on your personality. Yeah. Um, Elmer, are you making this go? Is that what you're doing? Well, uh, we did start a few minutes late, so... Okay, good. Um, yeah, I was just, that's why I was letting us go over a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I'll be playing us out here. Um, if, if, Jack, if, if Jackie ever gets out of the way. I see. All I see is tail. <laughs> well, of course. Uh -oh. um, chef. <laughs> so where can we find you, Chef? So um, the best place to find me is on Instagram at Chef Anthony Nichols. And, um, you know, I like to post a lot of recipes and things about myself, my family. And, you know, I appreciate all the support. And Rain's always been really, you know, liking all my posts and sending me messages. She's been wonderful. Thank you. And, and they'll tell you it's, it's not something I do with everybody. I vet everyone. And I've had people call and I'm like, yeah, you're not a good fit. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's something about them that's either fake or abrasive or they want to get into politics or something. I'm like, this is the wrong show. I don't do that stuff on here. So um, when I follow, when, when I like people, I like them passionately and I want 
as you know, when you collect people, I want us to help each other. That's always the goal. So I've seen messages popping up of people saying, you know, asking where you were. And I said, you're, you're being recorded. They want to see it. They're going to send in a lot of these people like Chef Babette. I don't know if you know her. She's no. like the chef that works out. She has like, I don't know, 12% body fat, but she's, yeah. she's amazing as well. Yeah. You got to check her out and some other chef friends and people I see posting and they're like, let me know when the clip is out because they want to support. A lot of them are on the East Coast too. So they can, you know, if Great. you see people sending questions, it's for you. Should, you know, chefs are supporting each other, should support mm -hmm. each other. And, you know, I always feel a lot of love from other chefs and I try my best to give love to other chefs as well. So thank you, Rain. I appreciate, you know, like- Oh, you'll be, and you know what? Keep your eye out because I got the um, chance to, when Hell's Kitchen opened, I got to be the hostess for- um, <laughs> Chef Gordon Ramsay, who I absolutely adore. I mean, adore. So um, loved him. Yeah. And then I went to the food, you know, to ask him, I'll let him know. I'll tell him to check it out. I'll send the clip over to his people and, you know, and Jacques Pepin, who I also just love, love, love. So yeah, I'm also just going to keep plugging. He, uh, Jacques Pepin was a, um, an advisor at my culinary school. And uh, oh, one day, Jock, uh, Chef Pepin walked in and sort of, he broke down, um, I think it was a chicken. And he did it with such uh, elegance. And I mean, this, this man is just, he's a true genius. I mean, he's, he's amazing. Incredible chef. Incredible, phenomenal chef. So, and he's a nice guy. So I, on. I think the word is that he, sorry, interestingly enough, <laughs> Uh, Jackie O asked him to be the chef, the White mm -hmm. House, the Kennedys, and mm -hmm. he turned it down. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we do have to wrap up, and our next guest is Zorro the drummer. Uh, yes. Do you want to say anything about that, real quick? Um, he is the drummer and has been the drummer from anybody that you know, from Stevie Wonder to Walk Bands to Lenny Kravitz to Prince, you name it. Zorro has played with them or for them. This guy, you talking about somebody so full of faith and love and passion. If you check him out, I mean, it, he's just absolutely wonderful. I just read his book, which he sent to me a few weeks ago, and I read it twice because he moves me in that way. So I, you, you got to check him out. Just look him up. He's giving, philanthropic. He, he's always helping people. Just all around great guy. Yes. All right. Cool. So, Chef, I followed you on Instagram. Okay. And uh, well, I look I look forward to to seeing where I can catch up with you to try some of your culinary delights. I would love to, I, I I would love to cook for you or have you taste some of my food. You know, if you guys are ever in New York, please reach out. I'd love to cook for you. I, I'm coming just Make for that. We'll do a loving, laughing, and alive from New York. We'll yeah. we'll just go do it on the spot, and we'll do it, and we'll have it be, we'll have him cooking, and we'll be filming it while he's cooking, and we'll like a it. set, you know, big table, the whole deal. Oh, we'll, we'll, oh. we'll cook and oh. at the, you know, and and do the whole deal. <laughs> all right. We'll have and we'll have Matthew set out all the plates, nice and pretty. <laughs> Yeah, Matthew will provide commentary. Here he comes. <laughs> I know Elmer's going to make us shut off. Don't go anywhere, Elmer's Chef. Gonna, Elmer's on a schedule here. 
<laughs> Thank you guys. Don't don't hang up.